listening to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Now alongside Coach Edwards, the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy. Well, Thanksgiving week is upon us, which can only mean one thing here in the state of Arizona. Well, actually it means several things. Delicious turkey dinners, large family get-togethers, backyard touch football games, and taking time to give thanks for the many ways in which our lives are blessed. And for college football fans, rivalry games are among life's greatest blessings. And there are few rivalry games in America that are more intense and generate more passion on both sides than the one that we'll see unfold this time, this Saturday afternoon, for the 95th time when the Arizona State Sun Devils host the University of Arizona Wildcats at Sun Devil Stadium's Frank Cush Field. We invite you to join us for the next hour as we preview the annual Territorial Cup showdown between ASU and the U of A here on All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. Good evening, everybody. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of the Sun Devils. With me, as always, fourth-year Arizona State head football coach Herm Edwards. And together, Herm and I welcome you to our final show of the 2021 regular season. Coach, good to see you as always. Just a quick random thought to start. Do you know how hard it is to prepare notes for a coach's show when the smell of baking pumpkin pies is wafting <laughs> through your house all day long? Just thought I'd throw that out well, there. Well, it's, it's, a lot of homes right now are baking and, 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 and really getting tomorrow set the table and all those things, and it's, uh, it's a tradition. It um, is. You know, in the United States, I know it's a big tradition, Thanksgiving Day, what it means, and the blessings we all have, as you mentioned. And um, It's a family time where a lot of family members get together. It's a... It's almost, you know, you, you like you, Christmas is always big, obviously, but Thanksgiving is it's a little, it's a little special. It is, it is. In my opinion, it's an overlooked holiday because yeah. of the way. It seems like once Halloween's over, all the stores have the Christmas candy right, out. Right. And wait a minute, we've got a very important holiday, Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. to celebrate in between. Our fans uh, that are here tonight, I think, have the right idea because they'll probably be. They've been cooking all day or all week, right. and they'll probably be cooking some tomorrow. They come here to the Lodge to get a good meal here tonight on the night in between as we come your way from the Lodge, Sasquatch Kitchen on First and Farmer in Tempe. Come on down, enjoy great food, tasty beverages, some terrific Sun Devil football talk here at the Lodge. We have a solid lineup of guests joining us on this uh, rivalry, rivalry Week edition of All Aboard. Our player guests, two members of a Sun Devil defense that has allowed the fewest yards per game of any defense in the Pac-12. Junior defensive end Michael Matus will visit with us, as will second-year linebacker and Scottsdale Saguaro High School product Will Schaefer. In addition, we'll chat with a gentleman in his third year on Coach Edwards' staff, serving as a special assistant to Coach Edwards after a long and distinguished NFL coaching career, including 16 seasons as the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, Marvin Lewis. We'll drop by and visit with us as well. Our show is formatted just like a football game in quarters, so off we go with the first quarter of tonight's show. Welcome to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, the first quarter. And again, we say hello to Coach Edwards. And just one last quick thought on Thanksgiving. You were asked at your press conference Monday, what are you thankful for? You gave a great answer. And, boy, when you think of where we were in this world one year ago, yes. boy, things are a little bit better now, aren't they? Don't you think? There's no doubt. And um, we still are dealing with, with some of the effects of that. Sure. But um, when you can have fans in the stands and 
you know, the radio show, all those things that we took for granted uh, was taken from us. And I think we all have to be thankful that a lot of those things are all of a sudden coming back into our lives. And I think your players will be thankful. Like I was just thinking, when Will Schaefer takes the field on Saturday, this will be the first time he will take the field for a rivalry game where there's live people in the stands. Because last year it was a little bit different down there in Tucson. It really was. It was a a little bit different. And um, all all our games were actually (laughs) last year. uh, No no fans at all. But um, we'll have a bunch of them in there Saturday, that's for sure. And they'll be looking for And that's what we also mentioned at the top of the broadcast. Uh, those fans thankful for this game and thankful college football fans just thankful for the great rivalries all over the country in these uh, closing weeks of the season. Herm, uh, this is your fourth Territorial Cup. Uh, what, in your opinion, you, you played in the Cal-Stanford yeah. rivalry in college. What makes Arizona-Arizona State so special in your mind from what you've observed and uh, felt over the last uh, three years now heading into your fourth? Well, th- there is true pride from both sides of, of how many times – one team has won the cup how many times you know the other team has won the cup whatever it may be and mm-hmm. and there's a lot of history behind this thing you mentioned it 95 years i mean that's that, that's a lot of football games <laughs> and i just think the passion that people have for this game i mean it's people set their calendar for this game yeah. if you live in you know up here or you live down there it, it, it doesn't matter it's this is what it is a mm-hmm. couple of other elements a the territorial cup has been uh, designated. It's the oldest, oldest rivalry game trophy in American college football. And my thought has always been that what makes this rivalry special is that it's not just your football team against theirs or their athletic department against yours or even uh, the two schools. To me, it's almost a Phoenix versus Tucson regional type thing uh, that uh, really, really uh, gets the feelings up in this rivalry. Yeah, a lot of emotion. A lot of bent up emotion, and it comes out mm-hmm. uh, the day of the game, and then after the game, who has the bragging, the bragging rights, right? For a whole year. For a whole year. Now, I did some digging today, and I came up with the interesting little tidbit here that uh, our friend Coach Edwards is in some rarefied air because <laughs> uh, would you believe that you, Herm Edwards, are the only coach in the history of Arizona State football ever to have won the first three rivalry games against Arizona. Oh. No other coach in ASU history, not even the late, great Frank Cush, won their first three rivalry games against the Wildcats. Well, I tell you what, it's quite an honor, but I didn't do anything. It was the players. <laughs> <laughs> the players and the coaches got them ready to play, and they're the, they're the ones that really deserve any kind of credit if you're going to give credit out. Frank Cush was 2-1 and one in his first game, uh, first three games. Dan Devine, 2-1 and one in his first three games. Todd Graham, 2-1, and one, uh, some of the records. But uh, Herm is the only coach to have gone 3-0. and oh. What are some of your best memories of those first three games? I think of the great comeback from 19 down in Tucson in 2018, a hard-fought game here in 2019. Oh, yes. It was a low-scoring game at the half. And, of course, we all know what happened last year down in Tucson. I think the first one. You always remember the first, right? I mean, yeah. when you're in a rivalry game. I mean, whether it's in high school and you become a high school athlete and there's this rivalry school you play against when you go to college. I was at Cal and, you know, being on the West Coast, you knew about the Stanford-Cal deal. and So you get here and the first thing, you know, you meet some fans and you meet some of our alumni and mm-hmm. they say, hey, you know, there, there's this game. And I go, what are you talking about? I said, well, it's against this. They don't even mention who it is. It's yeah. the team down there. And I School downtown. That's what we talk about. 
<laughs> you know, I'm, I'm from the West Coast. What are you talking about? What team are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. And then they tell you, let me tell you, and everyone's got a story, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting. And then to be involved in it, obviously, it's, it's been a lot of fun. That was a great 19 point comeback down 40 to 21 going in the fourth quarter and to win it 41 to 40. And of course, last year's game in Tucson was unlike any other in the history of this rivalry for several reasons. A, it was played in an empty stadium. Uh, B, D.J. Taylor returns the opening kickoff 100-plus yards for a touchdown. It was actually like 107 or 108, but in college football, you only get credit for 100. And that, of course, triggered the historic 70-7 to route of the Wildcats in that game. What, uh, what are your memories from that evening? How strange it must have been to have that kind of game unfold in in a stadium void of atmosphere because there were no fans. In the well, moment. you don't anticipate that as a football coach. You really don't. And um, they were a team that uh, last year when we played them, uh, a lot of injuries, a, a lot of things were, were going on, you know, and, and they, were, they were very competitive uh, like they will be this Saturday. It's going to be a competitive football game. There's no doubt about it. But mm-hmm. then I, I think – when we got on the scoreboard early and, and we continued to score, it just kind of snowballed, you know, and, and it was one of those games where it just kind of got away from us. But no one anticipates a game like that. No coach sits say, well, that's going to happen. You know, he doesn't. We, we were fortunate. We were on the good side of it. And, of course, you have to, you have to figure that the Wildcats are going to use that for motivation in terms of uh, seeking payback on Saturday, and uh, you expect their best shot. Uh, you look at them, and the 1-10 record – Somewhat deceiving. The, the thing I give them credit for under Coach Jed Fish in his first year, they've played hard game one to game uh, 11. No even, doubt. Despite the fact that most of them have gone the wrong way. He's really done a, he's done a good job. Of, of, you know, he's trying to build his culture. And uh, when you watch him on tape, they, they play hard. And, and, you know, a break or two here or there, you know, they win. It. Look, they were playing Utah, and, and they were down 31-29 with mm-hmm. two minutes and 40 seconds left on the clock. Yep. And so I anticipate they will, they will come in here and, and give us everything they got, and, and we better be up to the task. This will be their bowl game, uh, everything all wrapped up in one. Well, and, you know, it's just the rivalry part of it. You know, a, a lot of those kids played in that game last year, and they were on that team. So, you know, you can imagine how they feel. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I've told our football team, you, you better be ready because this is going to be probably the, the toughest game you have to play because of, of what it means to so many people. Now, your team coming off a tough 24-10 loss at Oregon State. Uh, season lows with only 10 points, 100 rushing yards, 266 total yards in that ball game. Uh, Oregon State's defense did a good job taking away your run game. Uh, what are some of uh, your takeaways? And from your, in your opinion, Herm, from an intangible standpoint, what kind of place do you think your team is in after that game, getting ready for this one coming Well. Obviously, they, they were they were let down, you know, going up there. But knew that we were playing a good opponent. I mean, when you look at Oregon State, I mean, they're they're a good football team. They yeah. really are. And really they, are. I think they they're up in you know up there in Oregon, and you go, ah, you know, well, yeah, okay, well, they're a good they're good, good football team. And knew we knew going into this thing, it's going to be a battle. Uh, we got behind though, and you know, we did it last week, the prior week to Washington, and you get behind on a team that can run the ball, they can run the football, take time off the clock. It became all of a sudden very apparent that, look, you, you get behind, you better score points. That did not take place for us. We couldn't put enough points on the board. Slowed them down the second half. Uh, we got three points before the half, you know, and kind of then they ran a, a kick back and made it 17-3, to three, but felt like, okay, and then we scored a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we turned the ball over, turnovers again, kind of 
get us, and, and, and they just kept right there, and, and we could never close it. And you were back in the game after that uh, muff punt led yes. to uh, a great uh, field position and a touchdown. And uh, the turning point of the game, I thought, was that fourth and two when their Wildcat quarterback, Jack Coletto, yep. was able to go 47 yards. Had you gotten a stop there, you had the ball near midfield down a touchdown. It's yep. a whole different thing. And then you're in the game. And um, he made a good play. We, uh, we, we lost integrity on a gap. Uh, you know, across the front, and he, he made a big run, and, and that's, it's a shame because you felt like if you could have got stopped there, you, you know, the momentum we had a little bit of momentum on our mm-hmm. sideline going, and uh, when it, when they made that play, it was very difficult. Where do you think? Uh, how do you think uh, Jaden Daniels is dealing with the the struggles of the passing game over the last couple of weeks? Probably in his career, um, you know, from high school to his first year here. But last year, he only played four games. I right. mean, this is this is new for him. Uh, you know, and he he has to deal with it, and he's the quarterback, and and he has big shoulders. Uh, he knows how to deal with it, but uh, you know, when you when you look at it, you know, it's like the head coach and quarterback they, they're the ones. I mean, when it doesn't work out, it's, it's those two guys. And we talk every day, and I just told him, look, you you, you just have to just keep being you. He's doing a good job in the run game. Uh, he's running the ball efficiently, making some big plays, but as we know, you have to be able to pass the ball. In, in college football at any level and, and with some consistency to make big plays. Mm-hmm. Because right now we get a lot of our big plays from the running game. And that's okay, but you have to make some, some big plays in the passing game as well. I was envisioning, hoping for a game similar to UCLA where they sold out to stop Rashad White and Jaden had a big night at those big bombs to Ricky Pearsall. Yep. And you were able to get the passing game going in that one. No, you're right. And, and, and that's the key, you know, uh, when you think about the receivers, we've had a lot of guys in and out of the lineup. Now, Ricky's been pretty consistent, but we've had other guys in and out of the lineup, and, and that doesn't help mm-hmm. a quarterback, you know, as far as how he's feel, how he feels to get the ball to the quarterback. All that all that stuff matters, and um, we got to get it going. We, we, we got this week, and then uh, after this week, uh, we get a week off, uh, and then we start practicing again for a bowl game. And you know what else matters is losing your two top pass-catching tight ends. Uh a couple of days before the game uh, when uh, Curtis Hodges and Jalen Conyers were involved in that auto mishap on the way back from practice last Thursday. Uh, talk about how that impacted what you were able to do offensively in well, the you, Oregon State game. you got to change your whole system. And, but it's kind of ironic because the year <laughs> that we went up there the previous year that we ended up playing them up there, COVID hit us. And guess what? Tight end and about four other players couldn't play. And they were offensive players. Wow. <laughs> he was changing the game plan in the parking lot. Because we had to put the players on the plate. Oh, my goodness. So Hodges didn't play in that game either. Wow. Right? And so people forget about that. He didn't play. Well, COVID had hit us, and we took the test, and we had to fly him out about three other guys. We flew him back home. That's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Game day like it's the only day with an ice-cold Coors Light, an official beer of ASU, made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Lots more coming your way on tonight's edition of All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. Longtime NFL head coach and current Sun Devil football special assistant Marvin Lewis will drop by a bit later on. But up next, we'll visit with two members of the Sun Devil defense, linebacker Will Schaefer and defensive end Mike Matus. But first, let's take a timeout here on the Sun Devil Radio Network. Let's start the second quarter of All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Basketball fans, second half is underway in the uh, battle for Atlantis and Arizona State trailing 
the defending national champion Baylor Bears 51-34, but still most of the second half to play. Uh, Baylor an awfully good team. ASU competitive in that game early, but right now it's Baylor 51, ASU 34, and we'll keep you updated on scores. As we welcome you back to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light, I'm Tim Healy, your host. Inviting you to come on down and join us. This is our final show of the regular season. Here at the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen at First and Farmer in Tempe. Time now to meet tonight's player guests, two members of the Sun Devil Defensive Unit, a unit that leads the Pac-12 in fewest yards allowed per game. Our first guest ranks third on the Sun Devil defense with his five-and-a-half tackles for loss this year, including a quarterback sack. He provides a solid veteran presence at the point of attack on the ASU defensive line. He's from the Houston area, Katy, Texas, to be exact, and we welcome defensive end Michael Matus to the show. How are you doing, Mike? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on board. And joining Mike in this segment is a second-year Sun Devil, a linebacker who also plays on special teams. He was a three-sport star at Scottsdale's Saguaro High School, competing in basketball, track, and football, and helped lead the Sabercats to a 36-5 and record on the gridiron, including a state championship his junior year. Happy to have linebacker Will Schaefer join us tonight. How you doing, Will? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. Mike, let's start with you. Give us a sense from a player's perspective. What's rivalry week like for you as you get ready to play those hated Arizona Wildcats on Saturday? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, coming into this week, it's always a big week, right? Especially me coming out of state. I never really knew about this rivalry until I was just tossed into the fire. <laughs> um, and... Uh, my first year here, the, there was a fight that broke out. So I was like, man, this is this is pretty serious. Uh, <laughs> but, no, it's always a big game. And um, I think every, you know, every game this season has always been a big game, mm-hmm. right? You know, um, Herm always talks about going 1-0. and And, um, you know, that's definitely prevalent this week. Yeah. Um, and we know we're going to get – we're going to get their best shot, and um, you know we're going to give them ours. So, what was it like? You said you you know you're from the Houston area. You probably didn't have any idea about Arizona State, Arizona, and then you come here. Uh, that first game emerged. What, what were your teammates telling you leading up to your first rivalry game, or what kind of stuff did you hear? And yeah. what was the moment where it said, "Wow, this thing is amazing"? I guess it was that fight. Huh? Oh yeah, but you know, even the week leading up. Um, you know, when I was when Manny was here and Nikhil was here and even Chase and a lot of guys on the defense, um, there was just a, an animosity in the air that week in practice of we have to win this game. Like the the whole season before that didn't matter unless you won this game. Yeah. That was, you know, especially for the Arizona guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you could just tell they true. You know, there was just that hatred that they had for. But, you know, each other, right? And um, I think that was definitely prevalent in that, in that practice. Everybody started to tighten up. Um, people got real serious. And I remember Manny giving us a speech and just telling us about the legacy of this game and how we just had – he wanted to pass the torch on to us. And, you know, hopefully it's going to be our time to pass the torch on to the younger guys. To guys like Will Schaefer, who yeah. is from the, uh, the, the, the area. Will, give us your uh, background with the rivalry. What did you observe of it when you were playing up at Saguaro High School? And uh, uh, and tell us how you became uh, immersed in this rivalry, if you will. Yeah, I've been seeing this rivalry since I was about seven, eight years old. Uh, my grandfather has season tickets, so I've been coming to ASU games for a long time, 10-plus years. And definitely coming to this game, it's, it's a different type of environment. The stands are different. The fans cheer different. The players play with a different type of swagger. And definitely being at Saguaro, I've, I've been on visits to U of A. 
uh, unofficials, and it's just it's not the same. So when I went down there, down south, I was like, this, this is not the place for me. So coming back up to Tempe, I love being home. I love my teammates. And I, yeah, I, I love being here. Does it compare to the Saguaro Chaparral rivalry? <laughs> that, yeah, that's, a, yeah, that's one sense. of the that's one of the best rivalries in high school football in the state, isn't it? Yeah, yes, sir. And especially being ten minutes away from uh, from the Firebirds, is <laughs> playing against them. It has the same type of feeling because even though we're so close, it just we, we don't like them dudes. So it, it's the same thing with <laughs> ASU U of A. But this this is one of the oldest rivalries in college football. So we gotta we gotta keep that streak going. And, Mike, you made a good point. Uh, maybe you can amplify on it, on, on passing this on to the younger guys now that you're one of the leaders. And you, the guys you looked up to were the guys you mentioned, right? Manny and Nikhil and Chase and those guys. Yeah, 100%. I think they established a foundation at this university, and I think it's my job and eventually it will be Will's job to carry that flame on. You know, and even, you know, Herm brought uh, Brock uh, Oswaller back in and, you know, just guys like that that helped establish this foundation and just keep passing it along. Um, I think that's vital. What's the key as a veteran? What will be one of the keys you'll tell the players in the game itself? One of Herb's favorite phrases, don't play with emotion, play with passion, in terms of not letting those emotions get the best of you. Yeah, I think that's extremely important, especially when emotions are so high in this game. Um, it's definitely to, you know important to keep poised. Um, but stay confident, right? You know, believe in your ability, believe in our preparation. And, you know, um, we've done a good job, you know, the first half of the week, and we just got to finish this week out right. You know, obviously we do have Thanksgiving. There's a lot to be thankful for. Um, but just going into the back half of this week, you know, we really need to prepare the best that we can to go out and play as confidently as we as we can. We'll reflect back on last year's game. I mean, obviously the big, uh, big win for Arizona State, but – playing in an empty a, a, such a big game in an empty stadium what was that whole experience that whole game like for you it was your first yeah, rivalry game. that was my first uh rivalry game playing against them and it was just crazy seeing how fast everything was happening even though we were in an empty stadium we could feel that we came down there and dominated and that the territorial club they belonged with us so that 77 score we know that we know they remembering it we know they they uh have that in the on, on the front of their minds so they're going to give us everything they got coming uh, up here on Saturday. So we know what we have to do and be able to uh, accomplish that, accomplish what we need to do. Absolutely. I think that's the mindset you guys need to take into this game. And, uh, Mike, uh, what have you seen on tape of Arizona? The one thing that's impressed me, as I mentioned with Herm, is how they've continued to play hard even in the midst of a season that's gone 1-10 and ten for them. Yeah, no, 100%. I think the the worst thing that we could do is underestimate our opponents going into this game. You know, um, Coach Rod speaks on it all the time that you, no matter what happens, you always have to have respect for your opponent. Um, and they're, they, they have, you know, the, they could take the opportunity to expose us if we let them. Um, I just think it's important that we, like I said, we prepare all week. Um, and... Like I've been saying all year, we got to stop the run. I think that's the most important thing. Any anytime you can make a team one dimensional, um, you know, it's it, it's good. It's good. So um, if we can stop the run and make them one dimensional, and I think we'll be all right. Now Oregon State was able to run the ball last week, but for the most part, your defense has been really stout against the run, and you've done so without one of your best run stoppers. Talk about playing all year without a guy like Jermaine Lole and how everyone else has compensated in that front group of yours. Yeah, I think it's important, um, you know, 
unfortunately it is sad to see you know guys like Jermaine and even Trevez uh, go down. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have Trevez to lean, more right. Yep, and you have to you have to lean on the guy the other guys that you brought up right. Some of the younger guys are going to get a little bit more playing time, but you know. With the right coaches and the right teammates surrounding them, you can be confident that they're going to go out and play just as well. And, you know, uh, Herm says all the time, when you're on the field, you're a starter. Um, and I think that's really important. It uh, doesn't matter, you know, what year you are, how many snaps you played. Uh, you're a starter when you're out on the field. So, And you've done a heck of a job. And I'll tell you what, I think you're blessed because you have one heck of a position coach. I, I think uh, your coach, Robert Rodriguez, mm-hmm. is outstanding in what he's done in two years. Talk about what you've learned from Coach Rod. Yeah. Uh, no, Coach Rod is, is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And I think that's a testament to everybody on the staff. Um, not just Coach Rod. I think it's everybody. But um, specifically, just because I spend the most time with him, you know, he's really allowed us to refine the little details that people tend to miss, um, whether it's technique or, you know, doing certain things the right, the right way, right? Maybe it might be taking more notes or, you know, getting your footwork right or your stance or alignment or anything like that. You know, he, he really teaches you to focus on those little things to allow you to progress um, as a player. And the great thing is he, can, he coaches everybody. You know, and I, I think that's really important. And that really gives us the confidence to let some of the younger guys come in um, and not skip a beat. Will, you're one of the younger guys in the linebacker core waiting in the wings, and you play behind some uh, pretty good dudes, uh, veterans, and Darian Butler, who's a Butkus Award semifinalist this year, Merlin Robertson, and Kyle Soley, who had 15 tackles last week at Oregon State. Talk about what you've gleaned from those three fellas in your two years here. Yeah, they're great leaders, and they've done a great job making sure that we're involved, especially in the meeting room as well as practice, because you never know. Somebody goes down, you got to be the one to step up and play. And uh, they've done a great job as well as uh, Coach Claiborne, our linebackers coach, uh, making sure that we know what our keys are, that we stay disciplined with our eyes, and that we know that we have to play with that confidence because when you're in there, it's, it's, no, it's no second chance on Saturdays. So those three guys, uh, I played with Kyle. I was a freshman when he was a senior up at Saguaro. I played with Connor as well. Even though Connor's only a year older than me, he's done. He Connor takes, Soley, right? Yeah, yes, uh-huh. sir, Connor Soley. He takes those leadership skills from his brother as well. So they've done a great job uh, putting us under their wings coming in last year and uh, making sure that we know what we, like, what we have in front of us to be able to contribute to the football team. Well, there's a pretty good chance those linebackers, because they're seniors, will be moving on, and uh, that could leave two Saguaro guys, you and Connor Soley, ready to uh, step in. How do you feel you are prepared, Will, for that challenge? We're, we're ready for sure. Uh, coming from a program like Saguaro, uh, the way that our coach uh, Jason Mons has run and taught us how to uh, prepare and how to uh, be able to produce on Saturdays, because that's what it is, is a business it's a produce-based business, so you have to be able to uh, come in and contribute. So me and Connor talk all the time at practice. Like we, like we, we, we here. We, we not babies no more. We got to be able to step up and be able to play. And I, I just feel like our confidence is through the roof right now. We, uh, we took a lot of knowledge in throughout the year and being able to uh, learn every day, uh, little by little, uh, coming in, writing down our notes, knowing what we have to do. So, yeah, yes, sir, we're ready. So, Will, how excited are you to take the field Saturday for a rivalry game with actual human beings in the stands, man? Yeah, I, I know the energy is going to be crazy, that the stadium's going to be rocking. Uh, i got a lot of family coming out as well, and uh, this game is, is going to be live. How about you, Mike? I Same know, deal? I, uh, yeah, I can't wait. 
I can't wait. Yeah. Well, none of us can wait, I don't think. <laughs> Two great players uh, and great guests, weren't they? Uh, Will Schaefer. Mike Matus, fellas, thanks for stopping by. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to the two of you, and have have fun Saturday. It's yeah, going to be a blast. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. Yeah, good to see Will Schaefer and uh, Michael Matus here on the show. Game day, like it's the only day with an ice cold Coors Light, an official beer of ASU, made to chill. And remember, twenty one means twenty one. Up next, we'll visit with the Sun Devil football special assistant and longtime former Cincinnati Bengals head coach Marvin Lewis. You're listening to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. Now, this time out on the Sun Devil Radio Network. This is All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, the third quarter. The Lodge in Tempe has been the home once again this season of Arizona State football coach Herm Edwards' weekly radio show, All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Tonight's final regular season edition of the show continues now. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of Sun Devil Football and your host this evening, and we're glad you joined us. It's always a pleasure to spend a few minutes visiting with our next guest on tonight's show. What a terrific coaching resume he has. He coached in Super Bowl Thirty here in Tempe as an assistant with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He won a Super Bowl as coordinator of one of the greatest defenses of all time, the 2000 Baltimore Ravens, spent 16 years as a head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, Uh, during which time he won four AFC North titles and was the 2009 NFL Coach of the Year. He's now in his third season at Arizona State as a special assistant to Coach Herm Edwards. We welcome Marvin Lewis to the show. How are you, Marvin? Good, Tim. Thank you. Thanks Thanks for joining us, and happy Thanksgiving to you and the family. Uh, Boy, certainly this has been a season of challenges, a season of ups and downs for this uh, football team, and yet it's a season that could end with a 9-3 and three record if you win Saturday against Arizona and win a bowl game. How would you summarize the season to date for this football program? Well, I think you mentioned it before. As we overcame, the team had to overcome some injuries early on, uh, the ups and downs that you go through through a football season. And uh, uh, our, our players have been resilient. And uh, at times we've let uh, plays get ahead of us or uh, get away from us, I should say. And, and able to fight back and fight back and uh, come back and win football games, uh, prepare to win the next week and so forth. And you really do have to put the game behind you as quick as you can and move forward. you got to learn from your errors and mistakes and uh, take something away when you're not fortunate enough to win and get on to the next week and prepare better. I was talking to Coach Edwards the other day, and I mentioned to him that if NFL Films came in and did one of those year recap highlight films that they do for every NFL team, that the Sun Devils uh, 2021 film should be entitled Next Man Up because that's exactly what's been the case. How challenging has that been? It's almost like a chess game when you're trying to match parts, when guys are going out, guys are getting hurt, and uh, and yet next man up. Yeah, it really is challenging for the coaches and for uh, your game planning, obviously week to week, and uh, uh, as as you apply it to the opponent, it it really takes some time and consideration, and, and it's about the players. Uh, having to be ready, as Matu said, being able to step up and be ready to go uh, all the time because you're you're one play from being in there, and uh, that's the thing that uh, coaches tried to instill in all these guys is how quickly you become the starter. Mm-hmm. Your defense, obviously, your area of tremendous expertise. In fact, uh, I think our fans know that last year Marvin was the co-coordinator of the Sun Devil defense along with Antonio Pierce. This year it's AP's defense. Uh, What are your observations of how the defense has performed in 2021? Well, I think we took a lot of steps forward. You know, uh, 
the opportunity to to get better week in and week out i think is is really important and, and kind of settle into your in your niches with different people different personnels and, and so forth and and as you mentioned you know a week ago as bad as we felt when i looked up at the the scoreboard there before the the 40 yard run whatever it was mm-hmm. we were ahead of them in point uh, in yardage and so forth our offense to them and as well as uh, in in every other area mm-hmm. and uh, we let that one play kind of spoil uh, the entire football game for us and uh, but that's the way football is uh, you don't get them back you got to make good on them all the time and uh, so i think we made a lot of progress i know it's been fun for me uh, to be there with AP and watch his growth and, and understanding of the the preparation part. Nobody's going to outwork him, but but also the part of being the coordinator is the calling of the game on game day, and how important that is in adjusting uh, during the game and so forth. And I think he's really taken huge strides that way, and it's been fun to watch. How has he left his stamp or his imprint on the defense this year? Do you think? Well, I, I think he's being so demanding. Uh, he's very demanding on the players. Uh, you know, as far as their practice habits, their meeting time, and so forth that way, and then what he asked of them uh, during the game. And he tries to always leave it with them, but you got to have fun. And, uh, and I think that's very important. I wanted to get some thoughts from you on some of uh, the defensive players who have stood out this year. I have, and we have on our radio broadcast, just uh, sung the praises of D.J. Davidson in the defensive line. I think he has had a tremendous season uh, up in the middle of that D-line. He, DJ has really done a nice job. He's played well for us uh, the entire football season, and uh, and we lost him for a few plays last week in the game. And he came back in there, and it just showed you know what it means to him to be out there with his teammates. One uh, total that impresses me: DJ has 51 tackles this year. To me, that's an extraordinary number for an interior defensive lineman. Well, you mentioned you know the the play against the run and the fact that he's dominated the interior, the other the opposing line most almost all the season. And that's a credit to how he's grown and come on. And, uh, you know, it's really fun to watch these young guys have success. Mm -hmm. Uh, Linebacker Darian Butler, you missed him big time when he wasn't available last week at Oregon State, a Butkus semifinalist. We talked a lot early in the season how he's changed his body where he almost looks like a safety more than a linebacker this year. He has. He's really, uh, I guess, leaned up, you would probably call it, uh, from where he was a couple years ago when I first came here. But how he, the command he has of the defense, he's an extension of the coaches out on the field, and that's so fun. And he's demanding on his teammates. You know, at times he's in there with younger guys, like you said, because of uh, some of the injuries and attrition that we've had that back there. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to get them lined up and get them in the right spots, and uh, uh, and he's great to watch do that. You have a couple of really good cover corners in Jack Jones and Chase Lucas. And how about Chase last week? Entering the ASU record books, uh, making his 48th career start, breaking uh, the record previously held by defensive lineman Dexter Davis. That's the most in Arizona State history. Well, that's a good accomplishment. And, uh, you know, I think uh, it, it, through his career, and he's, he's mentioned throughout the year this year being a, the opportunity to come back this year and play for the, you know, the BPAC 12 champs, that was important to him. And we're going to fall a little short of that. But for him, uh, he's had a great season and a great career here. All right, now let's let's go to the offensive side of the ball. If you were still coaching in the NFL and you put the game film on of Rashad White, what would 
be some of the qualities that would pop off the game film to you and make you say to your personnel guy, we got to keep an eye on this fellow? Well, he checks all the boxes, Tim. You know, he can run, he can catch, he protects. Uh, you can flank him out. He can do things, you know, outside. And uh, he can catch punts. He can return kicks. So he really does everything that you want from a, from a running back and uh, a guy that could be a three-down player in the National Football League. What is your take on uh, Jaden Daniels at this stage of his development? And uh, he has had his ups and downs this year. The, the passing game has struggled at times, but he has proven to be such a valuable weapon with his ability to run the football. Yeah, he has an uncanny ability to make people miss. And, uh, you know, what we're trying to do is kind of structure things so he can stay in there and be able to throw the ball downfield some. But he, but he's so his ability to, to slide up and through the pocket and then make people miss is just incredible. And that's part of his game. You know, when I, that first year I was here, you didn't realize how fast he was until some of these, these games when you watch him make a run. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, uh, this rivalry game coming up with Arizona, what was your approach when you were coach, and what is Herm's approach this week in terms of trying to get the players in, in that frame of mind where, you're yes, the emotions are there, but you play with them under control? Well, that's going to be the thing. Uh, you know, he's told the guys that uh, this is a big football game for both teams. Uh, it's kind of like their bowl game. They've got a lot to play for that way. Um, you don't never usually don't have an opportunity to come back and play a team uh, after what happened last year this way. So uh, we got to be ready to play. And he's told the guys don't uh, uh, do anything outside the lines that, that causes us a penalty that sets us backwards. And we got to go play. We can't let their problems become our problems. we got to deal with us and go take care of our business. I was going to ask you how challenging is it to get a team ready to play a 1-10 opponent, but uh, you have to almost erase that record uh, from uh, from your preparation. And, you? and that was proven out two years ago, the game at home in, in 2019, uh, the fact that uh, they weren't having a great season, but as you mentioned earlier, uh, it was a very close game at halftime. And, uh, and that's the thing. We're going to get the very, very best. Uh, they do a lot of different things on offense. They bring a lot of pressure on defense. Mm-hmm. And, and we're going to have to handle it and do a great job. Just want to talk briefly about your uh, your pro career and your time uh, in Cincinnati. You, you were 16 years there. And then you look, there, there aren't too many head coaches in the NFL, in college football, anywhere that last 16 years in one job. What, what worked well for you in Cincinnati? How do you look back on your time with the Bengals? Well, I think the biggest thing is, you know, you have to kind of reinvent every so often. And, uh, you know, we, I started there with a, a fine quarterback in John Kitna, and then we drafted Carson, and we passed the torch to Carson the second year. And then uh, later on, we were fortunate enough to draft Andy Dalton and him to lead the way. Mm-hmm. And so that's the thing. When you don't you, – you need to have a quarterback to have that kind of stability. And I was blessed to have those guys as the starting quarterback for most of that time of the tenure. And when you don't have them, the field is a lot longer. <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> you, you notice that right away, I, for sure. And uh, I wanted to ask you about your 2000 Baltimore Ravens defense. A lot of people think it was the best of all time. Uh, how good was it in your opinion? Well, it was, it was very good. And, and the players ask me that all the time, what made them so good. And it's fun to tell them because they were so doggone smart. 
<laughs> they knew more about the opponent. Uh-huh. And if I tried to flip a play in practice and run it the other way, they would stand us. They don't do that. I said, but they can. Just just get back in your stance and, and play the play. So uh, they really knew inside and out the opponent had great pride uh, amongst themselves. And how great to have a generational player like Ray Lewis as part of that group. Huh? You know, Ray Lewis, Rod Woodson, uh, you know, Rod, uh, you know, who I coached in Pittsburgh and then again in Baltimore and uh, – you know, I wouldn't have been where where I am, gotten where I am without Rod being in that meeting room mm-hmm. and me learning from him when I'm a young coach in the NFL in 92. Wow. And uh, just listen to his mentorship with the other players, you know, all the players we had, and, and what a great person and, and player he was. How cool is it for you now here at ASU? Your son, Marcus, is a, a football analyst at Arizona State to get to be working with your son. Yeah, Marcus uh, had an opportunity to go to the Bucks years ago. And uh, the owner of the Bengals said, well, why is he going there? Why don't we just bring him here? And so he did. He, he chose to take the job with the Bengals. He worked five years there uh, on defense, and then he left and went to Hampton University, coached running backs there, and uh, uh, then has been here since. So he's been fortunate. My wife is a good thing for my wife. Mm-hmm. She has all her, her, all her you know, uh, nest is full right now with everybody here in the, in the Phoenix, Tempe, Scottsdale area. And uh, and it's good. But he's been a, gosh, his first time in football, you know, training camp, he was six years old. Wow. And so he's been in camp in five, four or five different teams. And, you know, he's been a ball boy ever. And that's, he's been drawing plays on the computer for a long time, I can tell you that. That is so, so cool. But it sounds like it's going to be a really good Thanksgiving at the Lewis household. And we're yeah, glad it's for exciting. that. Yes. Marvin, always great to visit with you. Thanks and uh, Thanks, continued Tim. success to you, my All friend. right. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Thank you. Marvin Lewis, Undevil Special Assistant. Our guest on this segment of All Aboard. Game day like it's the only day with an ice cold Coors Light, an official beer of ASU made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Coach Edwards will rejoin me in a moment as we look ahead to the rivalry game with the U of A. But first, these messages on the Sun Devil Radio Network. Fourth quarter is next on All Aboard with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. We thank you for joining us tonight and all year long on All Aboard with Herm Edwards presented by Coors Light. And don't forget, game day like it's the only day with an ice-cold Coors Light, an official beer of ASU made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Uh, An update from uh, the Bahamas. It's 71-53 in favor of Baylor. Looks like there's about five minutes left to go in that one uh, at uh, Atlantis Resort. Uh, Sun Devils uh, going up against uh, the defending national champions, and they've scrapped in this game, but uh, Baylor's a pretty good club. One other thing I wanted to pass along, a note of interest, when you go to a Sun Devil football game, you probably notice week to week, year in and year out, what great condition the playing field is at, in at Sun Devil Stadium. Well, the gentleman responsible for all of that, Brian Johnson, is retiring uh, later after th- later this year after 37 years at Arizona State. He is the man responsible for the amazing condition and appearance of the uh, turf at Sun Devil Stadium uh, and w- all the other athletic facilities grounds at Arizona State University. He has been the uh, head uh, groundskeeper for 25 years of Super Bowls, uh, and we wish Brian all the best in his retirement. And, uh, Herm, I saw a picture of the field as it's ready now for your game on yes. Saturday, Immaculate. There's yeah, a great beautiful. big Sparky logo uh, set up at uh, midfield, mm-hmm. and uh, 
that field is going to be uh, glorious when you take it on Saturday. Yeah, he does. A, he does a great job. That's that's his thing. I mean, that's that's like his pride and joy. I mean, he takes great pride in it. It represents obviously Sun Devil football, which is the whole university. I think when you go into our stadium mm-hmm. and you look at the grass, you go, "Wow." And when you think your guy is the guy that uh, takes care of uh, the fields where they play the Super Bowl, that's yep. pretty good stuff. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Big. The Tomas were involved in that when I was in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, um, George Tomas. Yeah, George. George, good yep. man. Boy, I tell you what, they were just like our guy here. Yep, indeed they were. Under first-year head coach Jed Fish, who is a former NFL and college assistant, Arizona 1-10 this year. The Wildcats' only win came on November 6th, a 10-3 win in Tucson over a COVID-depleted Cal team. Remember, Cal had a bunch of players that missed that game because of a COVID outbreak in the Bears program. And yet, Herm, we've talked about how Coach Fish has gotten his team to play hard week in and week out. And his coaching staff and the players. And it says something about the players, um, their mentality uh, to continue to try to just, uh, you know, fight and and scrap and try to win a football game. And that that says something about those young men to be able to do that week in and week out, you know. And um, uh, they'll come in here with with that attitude and, and even even a little bit more added to it because of the game. Their defense has been respectable. In fact, they're third in the Pac-12 and 25th nationally in pass defense, giving up 200 yards a game. They're sixth in the league in total defense. What what style do they play? What do you expect to see from them? They do a nice job. Um, they bring a lot of pressure. Uh, they, they've got a nice secondary. They've got some corners. They can play man-to-man. Um, do some bracket stuff where they can take – two or three guys away from you but, but nice concept of what they do they've got a nice front of some guys some big guys up front uh, that, that can rush the passer so uh, you know they get you in some bad downs where you get behind the chains and they bring pressure and, and, and they, they they hit the quarterback a lot a couple of interesting side stories uh, one of Herm's assistant coaches is none other than the number two pass catcher in University of Arizona history Bobby Wade is the Sun Devils interim wide receivers coach. In fact, we're going to do a little feature on Bobby on the pregame show on Saturday. And, of course, uh, your defensive coordinator, Antonio Pierce, two former Wildcats on your Sun Devil coaching staff. How about that? that that's that's uh, interesting, isn't it? <laughs> do, you, do you sense a little extra bounce in their step well, this week? You know, or? It's, just, it's just funny. It, it's, I, I kind of laugh at them. I go, you know, this is this used to be our mater. <laughs> yeah. And, there you go, we got it. And let's not forget, on the Arizona staff is none other than former Arizona State Associate Athletic Director and former NFL and Ohio State running back, Scotty Graham. He's their running back coach now. Yeah, doing a nice job. He's, he's got some nice running backs, some young ones uh, that have a lot of potential. Herm, finally, it's senior day. Uh, challenging now, isn't it, in the COVID era with uh, loosened eligibility rules to determine who is and who isn't playing their final game? What's the number? Have you come to a determination how many are going to be taking the field for the final time? Some uh, Devil fans aren't going to like to hear this. 21. 21 of them, huh? 21 coming out. Yeah, 21 guys. That's a lot. And the families are coming uh, uh, Saturday, and I'm going to, you know, Without the players around 11 or so, I'm going to meet with all the parents mm-hmm. and, and talk to them and tell them how, how proud I am uh, and, and for them giving me the opportunity to, to be a part of their son's lives by allowing them to come to Arizona State. It's been a pleasure. What a special moment it will be when they take the field for the final time as Sun Devils at Sun Devil Stadium. Uh, and it's against the arch-rival Arizona Wildcats. It should be a beautiful, sunny afternoon on Saturday, and the Sun Devil Radio Network will have it all for you. Starting at 11.30 a.m., the Sun Devil Tailgate Show, hosted by Sean Crespin and Jeff Van Rapphorst. 
Rapper will join me for the play-by-play at 2.10 Saturday afternoon. You can hear the game on ESPN 620 AM and 98.7 FM HD 2. Our thanks tonight to our radio engineer, Mr. Sean Crespin. Thanks to Sean Mitchell, Gareth Kwok of the Sun Devil Radio Network, in-studio coordinator Jeff Darge. And from Sun Devil Football, thanks to Nate Wainwright, Marcus Aline for their help week to week, and our good friend Tim Cassidy as well. Get Tim. Yes, sir. And Mary and Jay, get them too now. They, they've been here. They're, they're, they're go-getters. We, and this whole front row, this some two tables, they've been here. Every what, week. 12, 12 weeks they've been here, 12 weeks. Happy Thanksgiving. So That's long, it. everybody. First two tables. <laughs> You've been listening to All Aboard with Sun Devil football coach Herm Edwards. All Aboard is presented by Coors Light and airs live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe. Arizona State football is an exclusive presentation of the Mid-First Bank Sun Devil Radio Network.